Hello, this is Tim Convoy, the pastor of New Life Community Church located in Nashville, Indiana. I'd like to thank you for visiting our podcast, and I trust that God will just bless you and encourage you and speak to your heart as you listen to this message. Thank you again for joining us, and God bless you. There. Top side. (laughs) All right. Man, that's what it's all about, isn't it? Seeing people come to Christ and get baptized to show that they've put their faith in Christ. Well, hasn't been long with you, has it? Man, we've grown to really love all of you. You have shown us such love and favor. Man, great church here. So hopefully I can uh, share what God's put on our hearts and uh, get through it without crying or something like that, right? No, I won't. (laughs) But uh, if you want to start her up, Got a little bit of a PowerPoint to uh, show you. Ah, Burlington, Vermont. That's where God's called us to go. It, um, if you know your geography, don't say anything to Sonia, but Burlington's south of here, okay? <laughs> no, we actually, we thought it was, was, uh, wasn't cold enough, so we're going to head farther north, right? Burlington, Vermont, though, is a place that is... They call it one of the darkest cities. If you, if you look into uh, church missions and church planning, it's one of the darkest cities in the country. In one of the darkest states, there's less than 2% of the people that call themselves evangelical in Burlington. Burlington's the largest city in Vermont. Otherwise, Vermont's very rural, kind of like Indiana. A lot of small towns. But Burlington is about 47, 50,000. But you get into the greater Burlington area and you're reaching like 200,000. So that's where a lot of people are up in that area. Um, Burlington is really progressive. It's, it's, you know, everything's organic and green and recycling. You know, good stuff, good stuff. It's probably like Bloomington on steroids. So it's, uh, but there's a lot of people there like me who uh, are from New England just never heard the gospel, never had... Uh, Someone boldly tell them about Jesus. You know, they've heard a lot about religion, a lot about religion, but no one's actually just shared with them about Christ. 64% are what they call nuns, N-O-N-E-S, just no religious affiliation at all. It's also, uh, they call a lot of uh, places this heroin capital. Uh, Heroin is very badly abused there. Uh, A few years back, they outlawed... um, they passed a lot of outlaw prescription drugs. Do some, you know, it was really hard to get those, so they switched over to heroin. And so the kids grow up there; they don't really have a lot to do. They get into heroin, and that's that's prevalent in a lot of places. Burlington is uh, it's a beautiful town situated on Lake Champlain. Lake Champlain is borders New York. Right, you got the Adirondacks to the west, and then the Green Mountains behind, behind to the east. So Burlington is in the Champlain Valley. Really pretty there. They do a lot of skiing, and uh, there is a lot of snow there, Whew, a lot of snow. But we want to go there. And as I get into the message, I'll I'll tell you some of my heart, uh, just on how to how we want to go there to uh, plant a church. It's a tough area to plant a church because, you know, they're pretty turned off to religion, right? And 
we found out that people are fairly open. They're fairly open to the gospel there. Once they hear, once you get outside of saying, you know, no, we don't hate homosexuals. We don't hate these, this group or that group. We're not here to make you do anything. It's the simple gospel. They're, oh, what's that? They've never heard it. They're like I was. Grew up in New England and never heard the actual gospel. So we want to have, do outreaches to reach people. Uh, have a worship team from New Life come out, find some parks. We'd love to do that. I've talked with a couple of the guys on that. And uh, just reach out to people that way, make friendships. There are a lot of refugees there in Burlington, people from Africa, uh, uh, Vietnam. They're from uh, all over the place. There's the uh, Sudan Lost Boys. Some of those people are there. Uh, there's just all kinds of people have moved in there. But then you've got the, the old New Englanders, the staunch New Englanders like, like me. You know, it's just anything religion is, it's just this southern stuff. Keep it away from me. But we, so we want to do outreach. Rob and Jenna, are you here? Did I see Rob? Yeah. Rob and Jenna and Norm and Rita, they're going to come and do it. They don't know this yet. I didn't tell them. They're going to come and do a motorcycle ministry <laughs> and reach out. Because in the summertime, they had beautiful riding there, a lot of bikes. I'm going to ask them to do that. Come and uh, we're just going to reach out. And you know what they tell us? They tell us, and they're probably right. They got, it, they got the experience, the church planners. Say, so you can't do, you can't go up there and, and just start sharing your faith. You can't do that. You've you got to go, you know, kind of stealth. You've got to be careful because you don't want to turn off people, right? And I'm thinking, and these guys are all from the south. They've headed up there to plant churches. So they know what they're talking about. But I'm thinking, wait a minute, I lived there 20-something years. Nobody shared with me. No, I'm going to go there and share. That's what I'm going to do. I have to. Sonia has to. I'll, Sonia, as you know, is a crazy wild evangelist. She, I tried to rein her in years ago, and she broke the reins, and I'm just, okay. <laughs> but, uh, you know, and that's it. That there's an offense to the cross. That's why there's tension when we share the gospel. People are going to either get offended or they're going to embrace Jesus. You know, many will go away thinking about it, but that's, that's the tension we have. But you know what? There's a fear that I have, that many of us have. So, some people like Tim and Sonia and other evangelists out there, I think they don't have fear, but they do. Even they have fear of sharing. And uh, if we go to the next slide. And so what? Oh, there's our mission. I was supposed to have my computer here, and I don't. Our mission to give light to them that sit in darkness and in the shadow of death. And, and that's, that's what New England is like. They're in darkness. It's the shadow of death there. And we have the privilege to go there and share Jesus Christ, the light of Christ. But we want to overcome our fear. And that's life's biggest obstacle, overcoming our fears. You know, I have to... I wonder what, what are we afraid of? What's holding you back? You can't read what it says, but uh, fear, uh, fear of dirtying your, your diapers, I think was that. Fear of giving speeches. Uh, man, every one of us is, has a fear of giving speeches. I know Tim tells me he is. He doesn't seem like he is. Uh, I've met pastors of huge churches who say they're, they're, they're about to get sick before they get up and, and preach. So that's something everybody goes through. Fear of heights, man, I, 
I shared, I have fear of hospitals. I have, I have fear of uh, caves, surgical gloves I really have a fear of. I have many fears I could go over. Fear of toilets. So th this is a job for Gene Voiles. Call him up when this happens, and he'll snake it out for you. Meophobia, fear of becoming so awesome that the human race can't handle it and everyone dies. <laughs> Have you ever heard of that one? That's, that's a tough one. <laughs> but fear is a prison. The fear of man brings a snare. And whoever puts his trust in the Lord shall be safe. We don't want to fear man. We don't want to fear Satan. We don't want to fear man. Put our trust in the Lord. Forget the fears because fear is definitely a prison. When we, whatever it is, the fear we have, and it's so easy to go there, it's so easy to go there, isn't it? It becomes a prison and just binds us to where we, we're almost helpless to do anything. Here's a good acrostic. Fear is really false evidence appearing real. That's what it is. It, you know, we, we think some, we're afraid of something, and really, there's nothing there to be afraid of, is there? No. We as Christians, and we have the God of the universe, the God of the world. We have nothing to fear. The Bible says, do not fear 365 times. A uh, do not fear for every day of the year. So the Lord knows, you know, we're going to wake up. If you're like me, you wake up and you got fears. They're, man, they just start coming at you. Every day, God says, do not fear. Every day for you and I, do not fear what man can do to you. Romans 8.15, for you have not received the spirit of bondage again to fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption, whereby we cry, Abba, Father, Daddy. Man, so he knows we're going to get into fear. He says, cry out to me, Papa, Daddy, I am with you. I am with you always. So what you're going to do with your life, you have a precious, precious life. Man, I want to live mine in abandon to sharing my faith, to seeing people come to Christ. What are you going to do with yours? It's going to be quick, right? I mean, man, one day we're going to get to heaven. I mean, already, every one of us can say, we look back and, man, what happened? It's just, it's like a vapor, isn't it? Just gone in a heartbeat. Kids are gone. I think I shared when he first came here, the, our kids went to college, the dog died. So it was all just so fast. Man, what are we going to do now? No responsibilities. Well, Sonny's got a big responsibility, me. He's got to take care of me. But I'm, I'm scot-free. <laughs> Forrest Gump said, you have to do the best with what God gave you. Yeah. It's true. You've got to do the best with what God gave you. He gave you a lot, right? <laughs> he gave you and I the very mind of Christ, and he gave us all. For I am not ashamed of the gospel, for it is the power of God for salvation to everyone who believes. You know what happens? We get, I mean, that's the point right there. That is the key point. We cannot be ashamed of the gospel. We have to just ask ourselves, what, what is it? What am I afraid of? Probably rejection, rejection, right? But man, when it comes down to it, think about it. 
we are not ashamed of the gospel. The gospel is what saved us. The gospel is what saves anyone, delivers anyone from hell. And the gospel is the power of God to salvation. It's not anything else for us to turn from sin. It's the power of the gospel. There is such power there. Such power. That's it. Good. Get out of that thing. Well, if you have your Bibles, turn to Mark 5. It was many years ago when uh, I really received a calling from God to go, to go to New England. He was so gracious, he didn't, he let me wait, wait when I was good enough. I I, I didn't run from him like Jonah, but I, I waited. I thought, I can't go do that. So I said, okay, we'll wait, we'll wait. Now I'm going. <laughs> And so, but my question still is, what are we afraid of? What are we afraid of? Just to get into this, let me pray first. Father, we just look to you now that you would uh, speak through your, your feeble servant here, that we could draw near to you, that we could see your goodness and grace and see your glory here among us. We have already done that with the worship music with the communion time, we praise you for what you have done here at New Life, what you have yet to do. And right now in this service, God, help us to meet with you and show us great things that we could draw closer to you. In Jesus' name, amen. So John, Mark chapter 5, this is where Jesus gets, goes across the lake to meet up with a demonic man. Now, a couple other Gospels say there's two demonic men, but Mark concentrates on the most prominent one, the demon-possessed man. Back there in uh, John 440, there's a, a violent storm as they're crossing the lake to get there. Jesus knows why he's going over there. He's going specifically to reach that demon-possessed man, the two of them. He knows why he's going. And so he, again, is asleep in the boat during a storm. I, I, I think sometimes he gets his best sleep during a storm, doesn't he? I mean, he just crashed out there. It's because there's nothing to worry about. He's telling us, the storms are nothing. Whatever you got, <laughs> it's nothing. And the guys, his disciples, they say in, in uh, verse 40, back there in uh, John chapter, or Mark 4, I'm sorry, Jesus said to them, why are you so afraid? Because, you know, they're saying, Master, why are you sleeping? Why are you so afraid? Do you have no faith? They had seen Jesus do a lot of miracles already. They had seen him actually cast out a demon there in Mark chapter 1. They've got a taste of how good he is. They don't have the complete taste like we have. We got, man, we got the whole word of God. We've got Jesus dying, ascending. We've got a lot to go by. They didn't have a whole lot to go by, so really... They were doing pretty good, but I think we would have been in the same situation. We would have said, man, don't you care? Don't you care? Yeah, the answer is yes, he cares. He gets up, rebukes the wind, and you know what he says to it? He uses the same words that he cast out the demon in Mark chapter 1. The same words, which leads many to believe that this storm was caused by Satan. Satan has power over wind, over storms. He can do that. Nothing like the power of God. 
And he can only do what God allows him to do. So Jesus calms the storm using the same words that he cast out a demon with. You know what I think? Satan was saying, that's mine over here. These demon-possessed guys are mine. You are not going over there. And so he's trying to destroy them, destroy Jesus. But Jesus has no worries in this storm. You know, you, whatever you're going through, whatever storm comes your way, you may be in the middle of one now, you may have one coming. The Lord is with you. You can go to rest with him. He's got that example of being at rest in a storm, perfect rest. You and I need to just rest in his perfect grace through whatever we're going through. We hit a lot of storms in our life. Sometimes they're small, but even a small one seems great. And so whatever you're going through, just rest Rest in Him. He will not fail you. He does care for you. The disciples said, don't you care when they were going through that storm? Yes, He cares. He cares. So Satan tried to put fear into the disciples. He tries to put fear in you and I. But you know what? The disciples found out there's one thing scarier than the storm. When Jesus calmed that storm, you know what they said to Jesus? Who are you? Who is this? It says they were terrified then. They were terrified in the storm. Then when they found out who Jesus was, they were terrified. <laughs> but you know what? We know they found out later. Perfect love cast out fear. When Jesus comes into our life and does amazing, miraculous things, we know that that perfect love is casting out fear. We may be afraid of what's going on, but man, as we rest in Christ, his perfect love will cast out our fears. So they didn't know. They didn't really know the power of their Savior yet. They hadn't learned about perfect love casting out fear. They're about to see perfect love cast out a demon, though. And so in Mark 5, we'll just pick up a few verses there, 1 through 5. Follow along with me while I read. They came to the other side of the sea, into the country of the Gerasenes. When he got out of the boat, immediately a man from the tombs, from a graveyard, with an unclean spirit, met him. And here's the description of the man. And he had his dwelling among the tombs, and no one was able to bind him anymore, even with a chain. Because he had been often bound and shackled, with shackles and chains, and the chains had been torn apart by him, and the shackles broken in pieces, and no one was strong enough to subdue him. Constantly, in my version, constantly, night and day, he was screaming among the tombs and in the mountains and gashing himself with stones. Now, I can relate to this guy. Before I met Christ, I wasn't demon-possessed, but you know what? Everybody, pre-salvation, is one of Satan's possessions. Whether the demon possessed or not, he's the God of this world. This is his domain. Adam gave it up to him when he submitted to him in the garden, and this became Satan's domain. So demon possessions do take place today, and probably more than, than in the uh, Bible times. There's so many more people in the world. They're getting more, the demons are more and more active because their day is coming quick. It's going to be here soon. They'll be forever in the pit. And they know it, so they're working hard. They're working overtime. But my life without Christ, I think I shared some of you with, um, some of it with you. 
got into drugs when I was in my teens years and the whole time I, I knew I got to get out of this. I got to get out of this. You know, I, I'd be facing times of crying, facing times of, of just, you know, I'm destroying myself. Why am I doing this? And it got worse and worse in my 20s, started into the cocaine road. And I was like, cocaine, uh, drugs are the Old Testament term. Uh, is it pharmacia, I believe? New Testament, witchcraft means witchcraft, and so Satan uses drugs. It's all it's all his stuff, and so I was getting wrapped up in this, hating myself more and more. Had a little girl, and just really, I can relate with this guy. I might not have been gashing myself with stones, but I was hurting myself, and many people go through that kind of thing with whatever drug, whatever. Whatever you got in your life, sometimes it could be uh, pleasures of, of money. But without Christ, without Christ, the whole world is like this. They're in darkness. They're in darkness in need of Christ. Like I said, it's whether they're demon-possessed or just one of Satan's possessions. He owns, he owns them. Remember what Jesus told the disciples in John chapter 8. He told the Pharisees in John 8, 44, that you are of your father, the devil. So there's the darkness. Everyone born into this world, their father is naturally the devil. Until we're born again into God's family by faith in Christ, that's when we're alive. That's when God becomes our father. So we're in Satan's domain. In Acts 28, 18, Paul says this, He's, he's telling uh, about his, his salvation experience. And this is what God says to Paul. I am sending you to open their eyes so that they may turn from darkness to light and from the dominion of Satan to God. See, there's that dominion of Satan under Satan's domain so that they can turn from the dominion of Satan to God, that they may receive forgiveness of sins and an inheritance among those who have been sanctified by faith that is in me. When we were in, um, over Christmas, we went to see our boys up in New York, and we took a short trip to Burlington. And in Burlington, they've got a, a nice little downtown area. It's real, you know, a lot of shops and uh, restaurants. It's real popular. Uh, and they've got a church called St Church Street, where it's cobblestone. You can just wander the street up and down with all the shops, no cars on it. And, and so it's really, it's a fun place. They gather there a lot, during, especially during the summer, and, uh, you know, do music and all kinds of things. But we were walking on there with all the Christmas shoppers, my wife and my boys. And as we're walking along there, all of a sudden I hear up ahead somewhere a woman screaming blasphemies about Jesus. And I'm like, wow, this is, I look up, I, I can't really pick her out yet. She's screaming a few more things that I won't say. And then she walked away. Now, most people will say, oh, well, she's just, you know, she needs some medicine. She's just loony, right? Obviously, demon-possessed. And I couldn't help but think that because we're believers, not because we're somebody special, but because the Holy Spirit is coming, right? <laughs> He's with us. And so I just heard this demon-possessed woman yell out, screaming obscenities, you know? Don't come here. She didn't say that, but it, it kinda, I kind of felt like this is my city, is what Satan's saying. But you know what? 
No, God has more power over Satan, over any of his demons. And one day, hopefully we'll get to meet that lady, share Jesus with her, and the devil will have to go. <laughs> so, demonic possession does go on today. But you know what's worse? Here's what's worse. Satan himself appears as an angel of light. 2 Corinthians eleven fourteen. He appears as an angel of light to deceive people, to deceive believers if he can. He loves, this is what he loves. He loves all the good teachings about Christ. He loves for us to share about doing good, the golden rule, uh, loving your neighbor, all these good things. He would love to have us, but stay away from the blood. He wants to omit the work of Christ. That's what he doesn't want. He's happy if we just talk about all the good things we can do, all the good works. Man, we're going we're gonna to help the poor. We're going to uh, just do anything you can think of. Teach the Ten Commandments. We're, he would love that. That's what he's all about. He's an angel of light. He appears as an angel of light. So mark the false teachers who omit the blood of Christ. The blood of Christ. Without the blood, we're, we're just a religion, right? Without the blood of Christ, we're in darkness. It's only by the blood of Christ we're able to do any good works. And so mark those who don't preach the blood of Christ. Pastor Tim teaches the blood of Christ, preaches it. We have many good people here, good preachers that come and teach the blood of Christ. But as a, someone with the gift of discernment, man, I always listen. Are you just teaching us to do good things? You got to watch out for Satan because he will appear as an angel of light. The Bible promises. So discern, discern the false teachers. I, I like to ask people when I ask them their salvation testimony, you know, how did you get saved? What, what happened in your life? You know, where does it go back to? And it should go back to God's unmerited favor. But there's, there's tension involved in sharing Christ. So, you know, we're afraid of that. I'm afraid. I want to be accepted. I want to be loved by everybody at work. I, I want them all to like me, my family. You know, I don't want to create any waves. I, I'm really one of those guys who would just rather be low-key and, and, and have everything go well. Business goes better when, you know, when you're loved. Uh, goes good with your boss if, you're, if he doesn't have anything against you. Goes good that way. And look what they did in... Uh, Chapter 5, 15 through 17. Let me read this to you. So the men of the city, they heard about this, what had happened, that, that the demon-possessed man was cast out. Jesus had cast out the demon-possessed man. They came to Jesus and observed the man who had been demon-possessed sitting down, clothed, and in his right mind, the very man who had the legion, and they became frightened. <laughs> now they're afraid, Right? Now they're saying, man, what's going on here? This guy was so loony, and now he's in his right mind. Verse 16, those who had seen it described to him, to them, how it had happened to the demon-possessed man and all about the swine. And they began to implore him. They began to ask Jesus to leave their region. This, this is interfering with their livelihood. The, the, the pigs were their livelihood, right? Pork and beans, and uh, everybody loves ribs. I'd love to have a... I, I never ate so much barbecue as when I lived in Florida. But they had a good barbecue there. 
Everybody opens up a little barbecue shop. Houses have it. It's good barbecue. Is there a lot of barbecue here? Probably not like Florida. Coming from Connecticut, it was the only barbecue I had was chicken, barbecue chicken. I've never experienced so much barbecue food. Uh, they had a place called Sonny's. That was my favorite place. You know, whenever Sonia said, well, you pick, Sonny's, not Sonny's again. That was my place to go, right? It's like a, a good steak. Man, barbecue food. Ooh. Maybe there's some barbecue down there during the... So there's tension. There's tension in, in sharing Christ. You ever notice that? I'm sure if you've done any witnessing, you know that there's, there's tension involved. And you know what? Jesus, he said, I did not come to bring peace, but a sword. You know, he did come to bring peace in our hearts. We know that, those of us who are saved. But there's, there's an area, and it has to do with the offense of the cross. That's when there's the sword. The sword comes. Because the cross is offensive. It's offensive to people. Are you kidding me? My good works? You're telling me my good works don't matter to God? That's, that's the offense. All I've done in my life, I'm a pretty good person. Nope. No. According to God, we are all in the same boat. We, we're no different than this demon-possessed man. No different. We're one of Satan's possessions. Unless we come by faith saying, I am a sinner, and I just pray, ask you to save me by your precious blood. That's the only way. Humbly confessing sin and believing God to save us. So, the reason not to fear, reason not to fear. He has delivered us from darkness. That's the way to go in his power, right? In his unmerited favor. The only way to witness to someone is to go in that kind of power. To remember, remember where we came from. We came out of the domain of Satan. And we're in the light of Christ. That's how, that's the only way I can witness. If I think, okay, I, I've really got some words to say to this guy, this, this woman, I... Man, I, I've got something coming from me, some, you know, good words that, that uh, I'm going to share with this person. That's, that's when I fail. I, I usually have to say, it's like uh, Josh, our Coley. Man, he put it good, right? <laughs> when he spoke here, he's, he's told us this several times. What am I going to say to him? I, I don't know what to say. <laughs> I'm just going to go up there and start talking to him. And man, God gives you the words. God takes over. He'll give you the, the words to bring up. And, and before you know it, you're on your testimony. Tell them about Christ. I know we, Sonia and I were discussing because we're getting a lot of uh, input on, on how to reach people in Burlington. And it, you don't want to go stealth, right? Stealth, you know, being, you know, oh, I'm just here to, uh, I'm going to work, uh, start my own business. And, uh, you know, men smooths them in six months down the road they find out you're a church planner <laughs> that'll be a bad shock I, I want to tell them right up front yep i'm here because of what christ did in my life just be right up front because i believe i really believe there are many who will be open the gospel what how come somebody hasn't shared this with me i know right i was 20 something years i never heard it <laughs> let's talk about it so Mark 5.19, listen to this. The demonic possessed man, he, he wanted to go with Jesus. He said, let me go with you. I want to go with you, man. I want to be with you, right? When a, a believer puts his faith in Christ or her faith in Christ, he just want to be with Jesus. 
And so Jesus said, he didn't let him, but he said to him, go home to your people and report to them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. Go home to your people. You know, I take that personally. Go home to my people. My, my dad's side landed in New England sometime in the 1600s. That's my people up there. They hate religion. <laughs> they either hate the Yankees or the Red Sox. Either one, they love one or the other. What? <laughs> and so it's going to be tough that way, but, but they never heard the gospel. Man, it's, it's such a simple message to share, isn't it? And, and that's, that's the thing. It's so simple. It becomes like old, old hat. It's like, oh, Christ died for sins and rose from the grave. Well, we remember that we, we were in darkness, and people are in darkness, and they're in the dominion of Satan. They're on his domain. He's got them in their grasp. And God says to us the same message, go share, go preach the Great Commission for you and I. Go preach the gospel. The same thing he, practically the same thing he told the demon-possessed man who was freed from the demon, no longer possessed. And so what did he do? He went and began to proclaim in Decapolis what great things Jesus had done for him, and everyone was amazed. Decapolis, that's, that means 10 cities. Deca is 10. He went to 10 cities sharing. He was a great preacher. And what did he do? Did he, did he have some... Did he go to speech class? No. Did he, did he take a leadership course? No. He just had Jesus' message. My life is changed. And I was in darkness. I was, you should have seen the things I was doing. He saved me, though. He saved me out of it. That's what people want to hear. They want to hear how your life is changed by Christ. They want to hear about it. Now, I'm telling you, there's nothing they can do against it. They can't say... They may not like it, a few may not, but when they hear how God has changed your life, my life, that opens their eyes. I, when Pastor Tim shared with me, man, it, it was dark, a dark time, I'll tell you. Just, whew. I thought I was having a good time. You know, if you looked at me, I, I would have said, man, I am partying. <laughs> but I was in darkness. Man, the blinders were over my eyes. Pastor Tim stepped out, took a chance. He wasn't a pastor then, just a silly college kid. He, he, I don't know how old he was, about 21 or so. He was just, I think it was 15 years back, right? Uh, <laughs> he uh, just, man, hey, can I share with you out of God's word? Well, I guess so. You know, I, nobody ever asked me if they could do that. So he shared with me, I was a sinner. I need to put my faith in Christ. All you got to do is call upon his name, Chuck. Believe that he died for you, rose from the grave. He loves you so much. Man, sharing the love of Christ. No, I don't want to do that. Even though I was crying, tears would come down my eyes. I knew this is, this is immense here. Took me a couple weeks to think about it. Man, I couldn't stand it longer. I had to drop to my knees before I went to church. Drop to my knees and ask the Lord to save me. Oh, man. He filled me right away, right? He moved right into my life. Man, it went from darkness to light. I was like, wow, I'm forgiven. I know Christ. <laughs> it's great. That's what you have to share. If you put your faith in Christ, man, your new life in Christ, how he did it to you. Stick with the blood of Christ. That's where the power is. God's unmerited favor. 
man, when I think about telling people about that, because they're thinking that it's, it's religion. They're thinking we're going to come down on them. I, I was just at the uh, Brown County Center a couple days ago, Senior Center. I wasn't going to submit myself yet to live there. Not quite yet. But uh, I met a man who was there, a speech therapist. And I was coming to do some communion. And he said, oh, and he was joking around. He was a great guy. But I could tell he, he had the, the idea that a lot of people have about religion. You know, he said, oh, man of the cloth. Uh, and he was a great guy. We, we got along good. But he thought I was coming to, in, in some sort of religion. And man, I was so happy to, to do communion in front of him and let him know, man, this is not religion. This is the love of Christ. Here's what he did for us through the communion. And it was a great time to share to, with him, but also with the man I was there to uh, have communion with. But they think we're coming down on them. And, that, and that's especially in New England. They've had staunch Protestantism, staunch Catholicism for years now. Just, you know, coming down on law, law, telling them what to do, what, the hours of business. Don't do this on this particular day. Do this. You can do this on another day. And it's just like, all right, we've had enough of this law. And so that's kind of the heritage there. And I grew up thinking that too. I didn't care who it was, Jehovah Witness, whatever religion they were. And you're, you're just coming to push religion on me. So our good news to Burlington, Vermont, will be, no, it's not a religion. And it is the love of Christ. I hope you guys can come and be a part with us there in some teams that come uh, to reach people in parks, to get on Satan's domain and claim it for Christ. Share the love of Christ. I mean, we'll, I've learned so much here from you people. Uh, we'll pray for people. Man, we could have prayer stations and just share with, with the locals there. I think it'll shock them. I really do. Because there, there's a lot of litur liturgical type of religion which we're not used to here, are we? No. Tim's, he doesn't have any liturgy, <laughs> which is a good thing. You know, it's all, all just so religious. So they've had enough of that. But remember who you are. Replace fear with compassion. You are princes and princesses, kings and priests. And in this land, the Bible says we're strangers, we're aliens, we're pilgrims in this land, because we're just passing through to go on to the city he's created for us. We're on Satan's domain now. We're ambassadors here on a strange and foreign land, proclaiming the good news about Christ, what he's done for us. If you don't have a testimony like that, you may have gotten saved as a kid. It's, oh, I didn't get into drugs. Man, praise God, you didn't go down a dark path. You got saved as a kid, a child. That is so good but you still were saved out of darkness. See, everyone born in this world is in darkness until they're born again. So when you were born again, you became a child of God. You still have the same testimony. You, were, you weren't demon-possessed, but you belonged to Satan. He was your father. You didn't choose him to be your father. Adam did that for us back in the garden. And so you must be born again. And so you child of God, let me tell you this, you cannot be demon-possessed by the word of God. Greater is he who is in you than he who is in the world. 
1 John 4, 4. God is greater. When you receive Christ, you got the Holy Spirit in you. He's greater than he is in the world. Satan can never possess you. He can afflict you, though. He can afflict you with a spirit of fear upon you, but God didn't give us that spirit. God did not give you that spirit. He gave you and I the spirit of power and of love and of a sound mind. I need to tell myself that all the time, and I bet you do too, right? Remind, I want to remind you right now, you who may be experiencing fear, as I did when I come up here, God didn't give that to me. He gave me the spirit of power and love and a sound mind. When you get to talk to friends, family, anyone about Christ, Satan will put that spirit of fear on you. No, 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 don't do that. That's, he's mine. She's mine. You just leave that alone. You're going to offend him. They're not going to like you. All kinds of things. Spirit of fear, no. God has given me power. He's given you power, power and a sound mind. And so we, one thing I've learned here, man, the power of prayer. New Life is a praying church. And we will value and covet your prayers while we're gone, when we leave. We're going to keep in touch with you a lot by video. We're going to send you emails and, and anything we can to keep in touch, let you know what we're doing there. But pray for us. Wow, we need your prayers bad, badly. And I know you will be backing us up in prayer because New Life is a strong praying church. And when you pray, in Ephesians 6, he tells us to pray at all times in the Spirit. And you know what he tells us to pray against? The world forces of the darkness. To pray against the powers. To pray against the powers of the spiritual wickedness in high places. That's what we're praying against. All the spiritual wickedness, the... the Dark powers, the world forces. And it, there's so much there going on we don't even know about. We know one thing, though. Pray against them. We'll be praying against them for you, and you'll be praying against them for us. And right now, man, I just want to call on a couple guys. I want to do something just for you and us both because Satan is pressuring us more and more. His demons are out there. Pray against these spiritual forces, against the wickedness. John Mertlow, can you lift up your voice and just pray for us as a congregation, as a church, a new life, against the spiritual forces, wickedness? Amen. Amen. And Father, and I pray against, against the spiritual forces of darkness that would come against new life.
God, I thank you so much for new life. The people here, it's, it's not just a building. It, it is the people, the precious people you have here. Thank you that Sonia and I got to meet them and just be under their love. They mean so much to us. We praise you for that. You, you've given us strength when we're weak. You've given us love when we felt unloved. You've given us love through them. And I thank you, Jesus. Thank you for all, all of our New Life family that will forever be marked in our lives and will forever remember and visit. And so we just thank you, Jesus, on what you're going to do here. We know you're doing great things. We look for you to do greater things, God, in New Life. In your precious name, amen. So I think, um, I don't know if Tim wants to wrap it up here. I, I know we're... <laughs> ministry team can come at this time and close us in a song. The invitation is open. We're going to have Chuck and Sonia afterwards come up and lay hands on them and pray for them. Uh, but why don't we stand together as we sing? Maybe the Lord is speaking to you. Maybe it had everything to do with the message. Maybe it had nothing to do with the message. Maybe he's speaking to you about an area of your life. You say, today, I need to get this taken care of. Maybe you need some prayer. Maybe there's some physical needs in your life. You just say, you know, I need a Lord to heal me here. I need God's help. So the invitation's open. You come. You come as we sing. Whatever the need is, we'll pray for you. Ministry team's here to pray. You come. You come. The Lord's calling you today. You don't put it off. You come. speaking today, whatever the need, you come. These others are coming. You have not because you ask not. So let's ask the Lord today. You come. Chuck and Sonia, if they'd come at this time, and our elders, if they'd come as well, and whoever else would like to come, just lay hands on them and just ask God's blessing. If you want to bring a chair up, you can turn those around and we'll sit. The others could just extend a hand from where they're at if they'd like. As they go, we want them to know that we go with them and we trust God's blessing upon them. And we're excited just to
support them and their ministry and their endeavors ahead. So would you just stretch out that hand and I'm going to ask Ron, the chairman of the Elder Board, if he would just lead us as we pray. Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence here with us this day, Lord. We thank you for Chuck and Sonia. Lord, we thank you for everything they've done for you here in our community, Lord. We know that you've received a blessing through them, Lord, and they've received a blessing through you. Lord, we just pray that you'll be with them in the days ahead. We know this is your will for their life, Lord. We just pray that you would go before them. Pray that you would pave the way. Let it be straight and narrow, Lord, that leads to you, Lord. May souls be won into your kingdom because of their testimony, Lord. We just thank you for them taking light into darkness. We just pray that you'll be with us as we share with them today, Lord. We just pray for Everything you do will be in accordance to your will for their lives and our lives. We just thank you and praise you for Jesus and his blood that we shed. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 We're happy to announce also that the elders the other day uh, voted to bring them on with our mission team. And so we will uh, be supporting them in their mission. And we also want you to know there's a table set up with information and if you'd like to support them individually, you feel free to do so. All right, cake's on, coffee's ready. Get pumped up with sugar. God bless you.